0: Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, and I'll be reading from the NIV version this morning. Wow, I can't see very well. <laughs> I have contacts, and they don't do my, uh, yeah, there we go, okay. <laughs> I don't have the bifocal thing going on. I tested it earlier, it was good, I swear. <laughs> As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My friends, let's pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this day be well and good in your sight. Amen. So a man and his wife once invited their neighbors over for dinner. When the neighbors were about an hour late in coming over, he gave them a call to see when he might expect them. The excuse given to him by his neighbor was, oh, I thought that was last night. Excuses, excuses, excuses. We've all heard them and admit it, we've all said them. I'm thinking those who have heard the most excuses and the most creative excuses would have to be that of parents, bosses, and teachers. Reader's Digest provided a great list of excuses employers have heard over the years from their employees and here were some of my favorites. One employee used the excuse that a cow had broken into her house and she had to wait for the insurance man. Another said he had forgotten that he was hired for the job. (laughs) An employee said their mother-in-law wouldn't stop talking, so they were late to work. A male employee called in and claimed that he had morning sickness. (laughs) A cashier at a grocery store once called off with a 112 degree fever. Needless to say, the boss congratulated him on his medical miracle for surviving when he next saw him. I used to work as a manager at the box bar in downtown Plymouth back in the day, and one of my servers called in to say that she couldn't make it to her ship. And I am still to this day trying to figure that one out. My personal favorite, an employee was late to work because they were cornered by a moose. I've been there, actually, but it didn't make me late for work, it just delayed me from getting to my campsite. Another shared that employee was late because they overslept because their kid changed all the clocks in the house. And it sounds to me like a teacher heard that same exact excuse that same day. And of course, I am certain that all teachers have heard some pretty great excuses as well. The dog ate my homework being the most famous one, of course. There was a period of time that I worked as an online instructor at the business school, Cleary University, and taught four different classes there. I had one student who ended up in all my classes over a period of years, and his grandma died every single time. (laughs) I wish Grandpa had died at some point because then I think I might have actually believed him. One teacher shared that they received an email from a student that said, Yeah, sorry, teacher, I didn't do my homework. I didn't have internet. How did he send the email? Another said that a kid told them they lost their homework fighting another kid who said that they were not the best teacher ever so that kid has a future in politics. (laughs) Irish-American author Frank McCourt, best known for his Pulitzer Prize winning book, Angela's Ashes, spent time as an English teacher in New York and wrote another book called Teacher Man that was a memoir, memoir on his teaching days. In a section of his book, McCourt talks about his students who would whine about writing essays and were actually not very good at it at all. Yet when it came to forging handwritten notes from parents with excuses as to why their homework wasn't complete, which he would often see them writing at their desks before handing them to him, they were exceptionally creative, passionate, and articulate, characteristics that he rarely saw in the writing of their assigned essays. Once he realized this, McCourt had an epiphany in a way to inspire his students to work harder on their assignments. So here is an excerpt from his book. So I said, I'd like you to write, and I finished, an excuse note from God to Adam, from Adam to God, or an excuse note from Eve to God. Heads went down, pens raced across paper. Before long, the bell rang, and for the first time ever, I saw students so immersed in their writing, they had to be urged to go to lunch by their friends. Yo, Lenny, come on, finish it later. Next day, everyone had excuse notes, not only from Adam and Eve, but from God and Lucifer. One girl defended the seduction of Adam on the grounds that Eve was tired of lying around paradise doing nothing day in and day out she was also tired of god sticking his nose into their business heated discussions followed about the relative guilt and sinfulness of adam and eve no one said anything negative about god though there were hints he could have been more understanding of the plight of the first man and woman said someone I asked the class to think about anyone in history who could use a good excuse note. I wrote suggestions on the board. Eva Braun, Hitler's girlfriend. Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, executed for treason. Judas, Attila the Hun, Lee Harvey Oswald, Al Capone. Yo, Mr. McCourt, you could put teachers up there, said a student. And then I heard, Mr. McCourt, the principal is at the door. (laughs) My heart sank as the principal entered, along with the superintendent of schools. Neither acknowledged me. They walked up and down, peering at papers. The superintendent picked one up, showed it to the principal. The superintendent frowned. The principal pursed his lips. On their way out, the principal said the superintendent would like to see me. Here it comes, I thought, the reckoning. The principal was sitting at his desk. The superintendent was standing. Come in, said the superintendent. I just want to tell you that that lesson, that project, whatever you were doing was top notch. Those kids are writing on a college level. He turned to the principal and said, that kid writing an excuse note from Judas? Brilliant. I just want to shake your hand. He said, turning back to me, there might be a letter in your file attesting to your energetic and imaginative teaching. Thank you. God in heaven, high praise from an important person. Should I dance down the hallway or lift and fly? Next day in class, I just started singing. The kids laughed. They said, man, school should be like this every day. Us writing excuse notes and teachers singing all of a sudden sooner or later i figured everyone needed an excuse also if we sang today we could sing tomorrow and why not you don't need an excuse for singing so apparently a well-crafted excuse can inspire some excuses can cause us to chuckle and marvel or simply laugh outright depending on the absurdity I know many a parent who desperately tries to keep a straight face as outrageous and impossible excuses come out of their kids' mouths. In the course of crafting today's message, I began to wonder about the difference between an excuse and a reason. And here are some of the different definitions I found. An excuse is an explanation given to justify a fault or an offense. A reason is an explanation, cause, or basis for something. Another definition says an excuse is intended to lessen or eliminate liability, accountability, or responsibility. Even though some excuses may be legitimate in nature, oftentimes the idea of an excuse is couched in negativity. For example, I am the be- queen of excuses when it comes to getting myself to the gym. And I have to believe I am not the only one in this room. Now, my excuses for not going to the gym don't really hurt anybody else but me. So is it still classified as an excuse? But it's in our human nature, isn't it? Excuses that we say to ourselves more often than not only affect us and our well-being thus we may not feel bad about making them unlike an excuse made when others are involved yet those excuses we say to ourselves could have greater consequences in the long term that we don't think about in the moment like exercising regularly to prevent heart disease someday Jesus encountered many people throughout his ministry who gave him excuses or reasons for not following him. And I wonder if any of these people in due time eventually regretted their decision for not doing so. We read the story of the rich young ruler and saw it depicted through a more modern lens in the video. And I would imagine that that's relatable to many of us. There is a sincerity to the rich young ruler. He's clearly a good person who follows the letter of the law, and he wants to follow Jesus. And we know he is sincere because the scriptures tell us he went away sad when he learned of what Jesus wanted him to do. His excuse was he just simply had too much to give away. And he missed the opportunity to turn his blessings into blessings that would help others for him. The cost of giving up all he had worked so hard was simply too great. He justified his choice and made his excuse. The cost to him was too great. And we hear it time and time again, echoed all throughout Scripture, that there is a cost to following Jesus, and the price is different for every one of us. Those people Jesus encountered in our passage from Luke all wanted to follow him. Yet they had their own conditions or excuses attached to why they couldn't follow right now. One person said that he'll be ready to follow Jesus once his parents pass. Another says they need to turn back and say goodbye to their family and friends first, which Jesus replies with a fairly confusing response by saying no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of god since most of us in this room are not first century farmers i'm guessing we don't understand that when you're plowing a field and if you turn around to look behind you then more than likely the furrow that you are plowing will no longer be straight and your path will then become crooked in more modern language don't take your eye off the road keep focused on what's important yes Jesus does indeed ask hard things of his followers from washing people's feet to loving our enemies to carrying a cross and so much more but Jesus never asks us anything that he hasn't already done himself Jesus still washed Peters feet even though he unsuccessfully avoided the sheep dung on the road. Jesus forgave the Roman centurions for crucifying him, even though he was innocent of all charges. Jesus carried the cross that wasn't his, but ours. Jesus never made excuses. So today, in the life of this congregation, we have one of those wonderful blessings where we get to officially receive into membership some of our students who have committed themselves to learning more about god to understanding their relationship with jesus and what jesus has done for them and to understanding what it means to be a member of the body of christ and through them we will be reminded of our own commitment of being disciples and to being a part of this specific community and what that means. It's a moment to reflect on our personal relationships with God and perhaps a time to recommit ourselves to that relationship. Let us be inspired by these four students who today are so eager and so excited, who worked so very hard, studied hard and sacrificed to become members of the body of Christ and members of Rosedale, a membership that perhaps the rest of us may now sometimes take for granted. Now you all may know that I like to ask questions. So my question for us all today is this, what excuses, have we been making that keep us from being better disciples? And believe me, I am asking this question of myself first and foremost. What is that excuse? Sundays are my only day to sleep in. My job is too stressful for me to serve on a committee. I'm not willing to fight with my kid to make them go to Sunday school. I can't give to the endowment fund because I have to pay my cable bill. I can't be kind to my coworker because they aren't kind to me. What is that excuse? And my friends, please understand, this is not a guilt trip or a seminar on what you should do in regards to your own lives when it comes to your relationship with Christ. Its intention is to be a reminder that life is short and fleeting, And that when Jesus said that he came to give life and give life to the full, he meant it. So when we set aside our excuses and our excuses instead become decisions, decisions to worship, pray, become involved in a faith community, step out in faith, show up, do those hard things, then we are drawn that much more close to the joy of God and in the end Jesus loves us anyway regardless of how many times we may make excuses to not love him more or trust him more or to follow him more let's not let our excuses lead to regrets and missed opportunities let's not deliberately walk away from the fullness of life to which Jesus has promised No more excuses, my friends. No more excuses. Amen.